Hi guys, welcome to the Creepy Coffee House, where we serve up your weekly dose of spooky stories. I'm Amber. And I'm Ashlyn, and this is the fourth episode? Yeah. yeah this is the fourth episode of the Creepy Coffee House. Woo! Hey. Hi. So, Hello. what's new with you, Amber, since the listeners last listened? But yeah, nothing much has been going on. Um, oh, I did get you something, though. What'd you get me? Okay, so, hold on. What'd you get me? This is like, is this a thing? It's a thing! <gasps> What do you think? I, what, I don't know. I thought that I was faking it. I don't know. Okay, so it's not anything special, but... But it's still present. It's still a little present, because I was like, oh, well, happy launch day. And I didn't get to see you yesterday, I don't think. No, I don't think we saw no, each other yesterday. No, okay. So I got something that's kind of matching. We got matching not. items? No, I said they're kind of matching. Oh, they're kind okay, of. Okay, this, like this represents you. Okay. Let's see. Oh, my gosh! <laughs> so it's a black t-shirt, which I appreciate. <laughs> And it's got a bunch of little ghosties on it. And then mine has... Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're both the same kind of, like, vintage colors. Oh, it's so cute. We'll post a picture of them yeah. later. But, oh, my God, this is so cute, Amber. Thank there you. There was something else I wanted to get you, but I was, like, I was spending way too much money at that point. Not just on these shirts. It was on multiple things, and I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I'll get it for her some As other Amber time. mentioned in her first episode... She is an actual <laughs> shopaholic. It was not just oh, yes. an Alcoholics Anonymous joke she was making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought, like, a cute little fall skirt, and then I bought a maternity dress because we're getting maternity photos taken here soon. I was looking for my coffee, and it's literally right in front of me. It's actually morning time for once when we record. Yes, it is approximately 10.30 a.m. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we can take our pictures in this not today because we're not... Not, not today. No. I'm not, I'm not I woke up right shortly before recording this, and I know for a fact I went to bed with wet hair, and I know for a fact my bangs are sticking up a like bit. a rooster. Your bangs look a lot like main character in one of my stories coming out, Oh, actually. no. Because <laughs> when my bangs get like this, it kind of looks all feathered in the front, like I'm trying to do a fake mullet. I love it. It's bad. It's cute. It's bad. No. I'm going to have to fix this. Yeah, no, I fell asleep with wet hair, too, and I couldn't find my hairbrush, and I was like, well, this is just how it's gonna be, and I was so tired, but it actually, like, turned out pretty wavy. It's cute. Yeah, I so... thought it was intentional. No, this was not intentional. Well, that's even better. You just gotta get, brush I it think... through it, get some sea salt spray in there. I definitely put some, like, some smelly s- stuff in there earlier. I do have sea salt spray, but, like, I, I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, like, this gold shimmery stuff that mm-hmm. I put in there. Cute. I'm glad that we both went to bed with wet hair, though. That's nice. I did try that Captain Crunch cereal that mm. changes colors, and I was confused when you told me because I thought you were saying that the physical pieces of food change color. Oh, no. And that's where I was like, the food changes oh, different colors? No, it turns your milk, like, slime green. But it's so good. It's, it's good. It tastes like Captain Crunch. It's now just I really want like Captain Crunch. I think I might go. So, but yeah, no, um, I talked to you last about, like, how, yeah, they've got Frankenberry, Booberry, mm-hmm. Count Chocolate. So, I was right. There are two other ones that they discontinued. There was one called Fruit Brute, which was a werewolf, and then there was Yummy Mummy. Oh. Yeah, and I, I, they must not have done very well. None of them sound as good as Count Chocula. Count Chocula. Count Chocula sounds a lot better. And Booberry makes a lot more sense. I like blueberry. Frankenberry. I feel like nobody gets Frankenberry. I've not bought a Frankenberry. I don't think I have either. But you said blueberry tastes like tricks? Yeah. Okay. I had to get that because I love tricks. And it's got marshmallows. It's a little more like berry tricks. You know, I don't like marshmallows in my cereal. There's not like a ton of marshmallows. It it's not like me It's out. not like Lucky Charms. It makes my teeth hurt. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like the freeze-dried marshmallows. 
but they're pretty good. Yeah. Okay. What are we drinking today? Um, so today we're drinking another Bones coffee because, you know, we bought 10 sample packs, so this is what's going to be happening. Don't make that though. But today we have s'mori time, which is a s'mores coffee. S'mori time. And it's honestly really good. It is good. I don't have anything in here. Just... I put a little bit of vanilla sugar in it. Um, oh, in mine? In mine. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I'm not spiking your coffee with anything until you tell me to. Oh, no. I appreciate it. I was going to say, oh, it tastes bad just the way it is. Yeah. It's good. It's got some, like, chocolate notes, and it's very smooth. I've mentioned this before, but every time I hear bones... You know how many segments I have cut of us talking about Riverdale for way too long? <laughs> I'm going to make my bones. Too <laughs> many, Amber. I probably edited out at least 25 minutes. Really? Of Riverdale of talk? excess Riverdale talk because it happened in almost every this episode. This isn't even like my favorite show, but we talk about it so frequently. Why? I think it's because I'm watching it again. I'm rewatching it so it's fresh in the brain. That's nice. I was thinking about it earlier today, and I was like, I should rewatch it. And I was like, I really shouldn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, we um, are almost finished with season one, which I didn't realize. I think the first one is the best one. I feel like it's the most No, neutral. I like season two. I do like season two, but then... Season three, I'm not a huge fan of, and I'm not all the way through season four yet. Isn't that when, like, everything happens to Betty? Like, everything happens to Betty? And what season? Is it three? Like, she goes into the... Oh, wait, no, maybe that's season four? No, I think it's season three. I thought it was season two. Everything happens to Betty in every season. I mean, she is the main character, so arguably you could say that about every season, that everything happens to Betty. That's true. Well, no, it was, like, her father. All right, spoiler alert. No, 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 no Okay, you know what? All right, yeah, you're right. We'll cut a little bit of this out, but I think it's Cut a little bit? This is more Riverdale time. (laughs) Yeah, but not everybody has heard us discuss Riverdale, though. I feel like you're the only other person I know who actually watches Riverdale, though. I think a while back I tried to get other people to watch it. And actually, one of my girlfriends had got me a shirt that says Jughead Jones was here. Mm-hmm. And I love that shirt. But I don't think anybody has watched it. And understandably so. It's like a teenage soap opera. Oh, it's great. It's a soap <laughs> opera. Uh, um, the Try Guys, they always talk about sexy teen murder high school yes. shows. And that's one of them. Like, Riverdale's one of them. Veronica Mars, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Vampire Diaries, you know, like, and I love them all. Pretty Little Liars. They're a sexy teen high school murder show. I know, I haven't seen, like, any of those that you mentioned except for Riverdale. That's sad. I just watch too much TV. And I think that's... It sounds like it. I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of The Office on reruns. It's actually been a long time since I've watched The Office. Because we've been too busy watching MasterChef. I love MasterChef. It makes me so hungry. Like Yeah, what? I honestly, there's only certain th- shows that will actually make me hungry. MasterChef isn't one of them because it's a competition show. Yeah, but, but it's, it's going to flip its But, like, the chef show, since they're just cooking to cook, that makes me more hungry. Just anything where there's food on it, I'm just hungry. See, I'm more hungry for the drama in the competition shows than I oh am the God. actual food. I do like some juicy drama. Some juicy drama. That's nice. All right, Amber, what's on the menu for today? So on today's menu, we have paranormal, and we also have uh, something that kind of falls under the lines of mystery. Mystery? It's, uh, it's not really spooky. It's not really creepy. It's scandalous. Scandalous. Which is still fun. It is fun. Now, speaking of drama, that's where I come in for this story. Yeah, Amber's bringing me all the drama I crave. 
Yeah. I didn't mention that we re-recorded. Oh, so this might sound a little weird because we <clears throat> had to re-record. Because we had already recorded this episode and our next episode, but Ashlyn was dumb and did not make sure that we were feeding an audio from our microphone, and it came in through the laptop, and that was just assault on your ears, and I did not want to do that to you guys. Which really sucks, because you missed it when a giant-ass spider came, like, barreling towards me, and Ashlyn saved my life. You heard me, it like, was, yelp on... It was a pretty big spider, not gonna lie. It was freaking huge. Was that a wolf spider? No, I don't think... I don't think we have wolf spiders. I don't know, whatever it was. It was, it was a big guy. devil incarnate, and I had to... Like, it's... Like, size was, like, bigger than a half-dollar coin. That, yeah, that's huge. That's like mini tarantula. Yeah, I wanted to keep it as a pet. Why? I want pet tarantulas. God, if you have pet tarantulas in here, I am never coming back over here. Blake won't let me have a pet tarantula anyway. Good, because so, he is sane. Well, he said we could get a snake, but I'm like, uh, I'm okay. Snakes don't really bother me. I'm just, I've heard so many stories of people's snakes just getting out of their enclosures, though. Oh, God. And I'm like, my, the last thing I want to come home to is like a snake on the loose. Morticia. <laughs> Like having defeated a snake, <laughs> like oh, you're a and little, then, and then having to do all that. I'll post pictures of my dog so you can see what Morticia looks like. But she's a little Frenchy, and she's a lot more like cutthroat than my black lab Wayne is. And so that kind of surprises me. She seemed awfully sweet when she, she is was sweet, but she around. is also very direct. She is also very jealous. So like at night when we sit on the couch. We have to have Morty on one end getting full attention from one of us and Wayne on the other end. No. Because Morty, if Wayne tries to sit in between me and Blake or she's in between me and Blake, the second Wayne sits on the couch, she's there to be like, where the fuck do you think you're sitting? <laughs> like, this is my couch. Go back. I love that. <laughs> she's a little mean. No, she's, she's cute. cute. I love it when she hops. Yeah. She's so funny. I don't know. I just want to pick her up and take her she on is- a walk. Not a good walker. Okay. You end up carrying her. She walks for like a block and a half and then you end up carrying her. Get her like one of those puppy strollers. I wanted to get like a baby Bjorn to put her in there so I could still get like my exercise because I feel like if she were in a stroller, she would try to jump out of it. My parents got one for for their dachshund. They have two dachshunds. They don't put one of them in there because apparently she hates it, but they do it for the other one. I'm like, guys, this is ridiculous. I love it. All right. Are you ready to get started? I didn't ask my question. Oh, yeah. What's your question? What's your favorite band or artist? Um. Well, let me hop on my Spotify and I'll just see. What? What's my... You don't know off the top of your head? Well, I listen to a lot. I love a lot of music. And so it's more of just like what I'm listening to more currently. Yeah. Like, because there's days where I flip on my, uh, like classic rock playlist and yeah. there's days where I listen to like you know what I'm feeling like some sad boy rap today and I turn that on or it's <laughs> like you know I kind of want to listen to country today so I have a bunch of different playlists but like right now my yeah. songs that are on like repeat is MGK's new album duh um duh some Billie Eilish um a lot of like uh marshmallow and uh, Black Bear. What's Marshmallow? Uh, he's like a DJ. Oh. He does like a lot of uh, collaborations with artists. Well, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of Halsey. I do like Halsey. I do enjoy that. I got <clears throat> some Bon Iver on here, some Good Charlotte. Oh my god. I do love Good Charlotte. I haven't heard. I love Weezer. I listen to a lot of Weezer. 
I like Weezer, but I lost a lot of appreciation for them when they did the cover of Africa. Oh my god, Amber hates that song. I, it's such, it's so funny to me, because <laughs> Wichita Radio, I feel like our alt station plays like the same 30 songs in a day, and they change it up every couple weeks, and so Africa was always on, and anytime I'd ever play hear Africa by Weezer... I would immediately send it to Amber. I've had so many people snapping me whenever they heard that song. It's because you were so apparent about how much you hated it, and it's so funny. Like, uh, why do you hate it so much? Because it's just, you take a good song, and then you fucking just make it so much worse. It was, that, yeah, that song. You said I didn't listen to Punk Goes Pop a whole lot. Where punk goes pop, where oh. a bunch of like metal bands and punk pop bands. And well, I punk do bands like I do like cover. Three Days Grace cover of somebody that I used to know. And they see, did a really good job of but that. But there's also some really bad covers on there. Oh yeah, no, they're like, <clears throat> I'm not really a big cover person. It depends on what it is. Like Lana Del Rey's doing time. I love that. And then yeah, Three Days Grace, somebody that I used to know. Don't ever disrespect Toto like that again. And the thing is, is that <clears throat> I can easily differentiate which one it is just from, like, the beginning of oh, the music. Oh, yeah, no, that sounds And so when I hear it, I legitimately just say, fuck you, and turn the station. And one time, it was on three stations at once. Yeah, I think you used to put that on your story. And, I and you were like, off what my, is going on? I flipped off my radio over and over and over because I was so upset that that song was playing. Just don't disrespect all that is holy. Do not disrespect Africa. Or Africa the song. And don't disrespect Toto like that. I just think it's funny. Your weird loyalty to Toto. I don't understand it's ma- it. It's just mainly specifically Africa. And like, the only when I think of <clears throat> Africa the song, I immediately think of Stranger Things. Yeah. But that's like my only association with it. It sounds weird. The Like the earliest memory I have of liking Africa by Toto is Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Dude, they got some they got some fire hits on there. I would because that one's based in the eighties. I don't play video games. I'll like, make out a lot of video game references that and you I won't, won't understand. And no, I'll just try to break and it down I'll just for keep you. making a bunch of weird references to TV shows and movies. That's okay. So all right, yeah, so you, we're even. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> you did miss like three SpongeBob references in the last episode. Damn it. Which I feel like is pretty basic for people our age to know SpongeBob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to get onto Amazon Prime. And have Sam watch Spongebob with me because I used, to, I used to watch that with my cousin all the time when we were younger. And I remember my aunt, she had like a Spongebob bathroom and I freaking loved it because at a the Sponge time. A Spongebob bathroom? That's so funny. Well, like it wasn't just all Spongebob. It was mainly like marine themed. Yeah, but, but they like, had Spongebob accents. Yeah, they used to sell like these inflatable Spongebob mm-hmm. characters and she had all of them and they had it in like a net ab- like above the the bathroom oh that's funny it was so cool i don't know i just loved it it's cute spongebob is great what is your favorite bands and artists slash music that you listen to slash what's on repeat so right now on repeat is bitter by fletcher i don't know why that song is just like so bopping to me bopping wow i just aged like 40 years did (laughs) right before my eyes (laughs) Um, but I really enjoyed Linkin Park. They've been, like, my number one since, like, fifth grade. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love them. I've seen them twice. Um, I do like the Cranberries. I'm trying to think. I do like Taylor Swift. I do, too. Like, 
I won't change it if it's on. I don't never, I never go seek it actively, but, like, I've thrown a few songs on my playlists, and I, like, I never skip them. I really love Look What You Made Me Do. Oh, that one's a good one. I like Delicate, and then I also like yeah. her whole, what is it, second studio album? <laughs> like, what is that one? Uh, it's got, it's got, like, a White Horse on it. Oh, God. And, oh, you're going um, way back. Oh, yeah. It's such a good one. I remember getting that CD, and then listening to it every single night to go to bed every single night and i'm sure my parents are tired of that taylor swift i think i broke it from how much i listened to it i i love um yeah look what you made me do i think that one's one of my favorites i also like bad blood but Mm -hmm. featuring kendrick lamar i think it's kendrick yeah yeah and i don't know those are those are so catchy to me it makes me want to just go out and like beat some ass (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's your hype song that's my hype song that'll be your next hype song before we record oh my goodness um which artists have you seen most in concert is it red hot chili peppers yeah so i've seen them twice i've seen uh florence and the machine oh she's so magical i loved her um i really want to see lana del rey i know dude if she comes nearby we should go see her i i'm so pissed because when i moved to kansas city like within the first month of me being there there was a Lana Del Rey concert, and I didn't go. Oh, And it yeah. wasn't even sold out. I feel like I remember... And, like, one of my baristas was, like, trying to find somebody to go Oh, wait, no, her. she came here. She went to the... Ca- Cotillion. Cotillion. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I was so sad, because I wanted to go so badly. Um, that, and then, um, Lindsay Sterling, I've seen her. Oh, she's fantastic. I would love to go see her again. It, it was her Christmas special, so I'd like to hear more of her other music but she's just she's like a little fairy on stage she's Aww. adorable um I'm trying to think i don't know who my most like who i have most on my playlist honestly it's probably taylor swift and lincoln park are the my two main ones t swizzle and lincoln park i used to i know they're so like vastly different from each other but i know but i mean everybody's got layers yeah i think sometimes you I know Different podcasts for different moods, different mindsets. I got, like, a hype playlist that has... Okay, Lindsay Lohan came out with a new song. Recently? 2020. Came out with a song called Back to Me. I fucking love it. I will listen to it all the time. Dude, it's so good. Hey, Ashley Tisdale actually released a song, I think, in May of 2020. It's called Lemons. I love that song, too. I heard that one. You should listen to it. It's so freaking good. That one's a nice, like... She she comes. No, this one's like a like, oh, this one's shit. like a club song. The... Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so good. I'll have to play it for you. Okay, yeah, I'll play Ashley Tisdale for you too. But yeah, I listen to a lot of grungy music. I think that's it's very atypical from yeah. your aesthetic. I know. <laughs> I'm very. I feel like I, I feel like my aesthetic is really girly, but then I just have like like a little emo, a little grunge to me. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. I don't show it a lot. Yeah, and I think I'm the inverse yeah because i'm in a cashmere <laughs> sweater with knee-high boots right now and, and you're i'm in <laughs> black jeans and a black long sleeve t-shirt <laughs> very skinny jeans i tried to go get a pedicure in these jeans because i my oh, mom yeah. asked me like right after i got off work to go get a pedicure and i was like bet i definitely need one and so i was like i'll just lift up like my uh pant leg dude i couldn't get them to come down no. in the car and i had to come home and i almost like was like I need cut out of these, but I figured my way out. But dude, don't uh, roll up skinny jeans over your calves. Yeah, no, you either like if you're you're going in the summer wear shorts. If you're going like any well, other this time, is, like you're right pants. after work. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because like, like she messaged me at, like your, four something, they and she said calves. Mm-hmm. Mm. They didn't the last time I got a pedicure. I was so pissed. 
and the water is cold. Oh, my water was so hot. Like, I, like, almost Where'd could you not. Where'd you go? Uh, 13th and Mace. Um, I can't think of what the nail salon's called, but it's in that strip. Um, oh. cat Like, in the same, like, on the north side of 13th by the Dillons. Oh, is it by the? It's by Salon Lavish. Oh, okay. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't think of it. I don't know what, what it is. Because yeah. there's so many of them <clears throat> I'm like, not, in this area. I'm not going to talk poorly on this on this salon, but I went with my girlfriend, Rachel. <clears throat> I think it was like last year, and they rushed us out of there. The water was cold, so it makes me think that it wasn't changed before we got there. And, like, she got mad at me when I was trying to put my sandal back on. Like, she was put, helping me out, but, like, she wasn't positioning my foot in a way. And it was like, huh? she's like, stop moving. And I was like... You're gonna smear my my nail polish. Like they were rude. They didn't rub our calves or our feet like they oh, supposed man. to. Yeah, that's All I will scary. say is that it no. was in New Market Square and I they lost my business. Yes. <laughs> okay. I guess who it was. <laughs> but <laughs> you could just hear her barely say on the mic, that'd be hilarious. Um that scares me. And since I was a co- like I am a licensed cosmetologist and so I know all the sanitation procedures for pedicures and that kind of stuff and I'm not afraid to be mean to them. Like I need like a, I need like a fake board of cosmetology badge to flash at them. Like, <laughs> no, like like a like, FBI wallet and you flip it yeah, out. Yeah, just flip it out and be like, "Ma'am, you need to change that water and I want new sanitized product and a better attitude." Thank you. Well, they don't, have, they don't judge you on your attitude. I'm just like, I, do. I want a new cuticle pusher. Do not reuse that sander on me. Oh, yeah. That makes, the, ugh, the, the pumice stones. That they, they used to. But now with, um, I've gotten a pedicure since COVID, and it's a lot better. Because the place I went to, oh, everything yeah. had been sanitized. It was all prepackaged. They threw it away immediately. Like, it's a more, like, they added on a fee for it. But honestly, I'd pay more just to know that I'm getting yeah. a very safe service, even, like, post-pandemic. Yeah. It's true. Like, I will pay an extra five bucks if you go to the back and get a new sanitized thing for me because I know that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. That's a good point. Are we ready to talk about let's some get, stuff? Let's get into it. Let's All right. dive in. We're getting there. Oh, wait. This is there. a Paw Patrol. <laughs> Sorry. Pop, I don't have children, so I don't know Paw Patrol. <laughs> I just know that they're dogs. They are. Is one of them a Dalmatian? Yes. That's all I know. He's my favorite. His <laughs> name is Marshall. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. He's clumsy. (laughs) He's clumsy. Okay. So, my story today is in Adams, Tennessee. And Adams, Tennessee is about 45 minutes northwest of Nashville. Um, So, we are going to the Bell Witch Cave. Ooh. It's going to be fun. Maybe. Maybe. Um, So, a little bit of background. Uh, John Bell was a farmer from North Carolina, and he bought um, around 320 acres of land for him and his family in 1804. Uh, from the best research I could find, the land that they settled on was originally Shawnee, East Cherokee, and Yuki lands, but there's a lot of different, um, like, tribes through there, so mm-hmm. it, it's debatable <clears throat> on who exactly that area was. Okay. Um, for the first 13 years they were on the property, everything was super chill, like, nothing to report. John had become <clears throat> a deacon with his Baptist church, and now Amber knows what a deacon is, so we're all good. <laughs> Um, John and Lucy had six children. They had five boys, Richard, John Jr., Drewy, Benjamin, Jesse, and they had one girl, Betsy. Um, but late in the summer of 1817, the family started seeing some strange things on the property. They started seeing a large, like, Betsy saw a very large bird that she could not identify. Sorry, I think, I think I got 
I think I got like some of that vanilla bean in my mouth. Cause I'm like, it tastes sandy. Yeah. Okay. It did not dissolve in. Oh god. Way. I was like, that's why I was, I was like, what is that face for? It's just a bird. She looked very disgusted. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, <laughs> your face is like so concerned. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank I you. was like, it's just a bird. We're not even to the deer with the head of a rabbit. That no. one's way more freaky. Okay. Um, they saw a deer with the head of a rabbit and they started hearing knocking from outside of the house, like someone banging on the walls of it, <clears throat> someone banging on the doors of it. And then all of a sudden that knocking started happening inside. Like it moved from outside the house to inside of the house. Don't like that. No, 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 no. It's going to be hard pass. Hard pass. Um, they also started experiencing gnawing on their bedposts, and they heard chains dragging across the floors of the house and stones and rocks being thrown in the house, in the home, and um, disembodied choking noises, which, if you would have listened to the previous recorded episode, was a big portion of <laughs> Amber's <laughs> bit. She oh. kept imitating her cat choking on things. It was great. I'll Maybe do it again. Do it. I mean, I have to cough anyway, so that's why you keep do the roar. That. <laughs> but speaking of disembodied choking, <laughs> so I don't know if you remember this, but like whenever I had to take orders at our coffee shop, I'd be like, "All right, and what else can I get for you?" <laughs> like I would say that over the speaker, and you just... would do that over the speaker box at these people in their cars. Yeah, I was like, girl. Sometimes it was just so boring being in that position i had to make it more fun so do yeah, an accent I, make a oh, rhyme i did do it i did do an accent what accent did you do i'd be like hi what can we get started for you oh my goodness okay anything else honey <laughs> i hope that sounded okay <laughs> it's gonna sound beautiful in that microphone it's gonna be really loud i'm so sorry oh yeah <laughs> all right continue <laughs> um so they had um the haunting was, like, escalating and everything, and the Bell family thought that the ghost spirit that was haunting them was the spirit of their previous neighbor, who was an eccentric uh, woman who had died. You know, those unwed women who die. Eccentric witches, they are. <laughs> and this was when again? 1817. 18, uh, okay. Yeah, so obviously she was a witch. Obviously she was a witch. You don't have a husband and you own land? Which, Which. <laughs> um, and the Bell family posited two main purposes for her to haunt them. One was to kill John Bell, and the second one was to make damn sure that Betsy did not marry Joshua Gardner. Dab, sure, damn sure. It's not like you said dab. Damn sure. Okay, sorry. Damn sure. <laughs> I'm just being weird. I know you are. Um, uh, and so <clears throat> John would begin to experience throat swelling and feeling like a stick is being stuck in his throat and when I read that I couldn't decipher if it was like he had like you know the feeling when you eat a chip and it's backwards in your throat or if this was actually like a stick being shoved through your throat like on the exterior both of them are not fun yeah (laughs) he also experienced a lot of like um facial muscle like not working and stuff but I wonder if that was more of a health thing than a ghost thing yeah I mean back then they didn't really have very good like healthcare? No. This is still before the Civil War, so definitely not. Yeah, it's probably it's probably him. Um, so Betsy would experience her <clears throat> hair being pulled. She'd be pinched. She'd have the sensation of needles being stuck in her, and the ghost would straight up hit her. 
smack her across the face. Witch slap? Witch slapped across the face with a strong, <laughs> firm backhand. I actually don't know if it's backhanded or fronthanded, but it's funnier to think of a backhand. It would be funny because we think bitch slap, but it's a witch slap. Witch slapped. Oh, I love that. For a year, they were living with this, and they kept it to themselves, <clears throat> but it was getting so bad that they were like, we need to bring somebody else in here to make sure we're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And so they brought in their neighbors, uh, James Johnson and his wife, and they stayed with them for several days, and after their experiences in the house, the men decided that they needed to tell more people about it, and a committee was formed for further investigation. And word of the haunting spread very fast, and mm-hmm. so people from all over were coming to see the Bell Witch, and the Bell Witch did not disappoint. Um, she would actually communicate with people. She talked a lot about the past and the present and the future and, like, people's family members. Like, someone would be like, what does my great-grandma sound like? And she would immediately sound like their Dutch great-grandma. Like, the same phrasings and the accents and everything. And So, like, well, are they actually talking to a person or just, like... It's a, like on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows when Voldemort goes, like, intercom. Oh, okay, okay. It's like that. So, but it's, so it's, it's, it's just it's like disembodied. It's disembodied. There's no body to it. Okay. So, can they hear it in their mind or can they hear it like out loud? Okay. So, other people can hear it too. Mm-hmm. Are these people like asking their questions out loud? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and then she would also talk a lot about the Bible, which is a little odd for a witch, but I'm not going to judge. They also. Um, had uh, reported her speaking in two places at once, several miles apart. That was kind of crazy. I don't know how they would be able to, like, do that, though. I don't know. I don't know either. If it were, like, a prank kind of thing. I think people are making shit up. You know, and that, and, and it's folklore, too, because a lot oh, of it yeah. is, like, from 1817, which is a long time ago. And there are several books written about it, uh, like, the Blair Witch Project was based on the Bell Witch Cave. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I want to watch that again. Do you want, Can we watch that? Yeah, we can watch that. Okay. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. I think I, I remember seeing it in theaters with my parents when it came out, and I was terrified because I think I was like mm-hmm. eight. When did that movie come out? Uh, nine, early 2090? 90, 99? 97? No. 98? 98? 99? 100. 2000? <laughs> Okay, Bell Witch, not Blair. Oh, okay. I see. I see that. Ninety nine. Ninety nine was when it came out. Yeah. That's uh, wild. I would not have been allowed in the theater. I was two. I was eight. Oh wow. Anyway. Why was I taken? To that? <laughs> um, the word had made it to Nashville, and General Andrew Jackson, the literal worst, was sent to investigate these claims. And this was actually one of the first and only state-investigated uh, hauntings. When did he become president? Uh, before the Civil War, I think. But this is so why we after? need. This is why we need a timeline of like history and events <laughs> because I don't know my oh, presidents yeah. in order. Okay. So, like you were talking about, we just need like a huge timeline. We'll put the presidents, the major wars, okay, okay, current events that need. Like, I mean, it's irrelevant to this, but I was just wondering, like... Well, I mean, um, Andrew Jackson... I can just look it up real quick and cut out some of that. Andy J. Andrew Jackson... Ow. ...was the seventh U.S. president. And he became president in 1829. So, a few years after he investigated. Because it was... Excuse me, this was in 1817? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, he became president in 1829. Okay. So, 
not too long after um but he uh took a bunch of men up to the adams family farm not adams family the bell family farm (laughs) and um on their way there outside of the property lines the wheels seized on the wagon on dry flat land and all of his men and everybody could not push it to go for any further like it was like it was stuck on dry flat land and then the horses are like, I'm done. No, the men physically tried to move the wagon. Oh, okay. Like, push it. Nothing. And I believe the story goes that somebody was like, let us pass, you witch, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the voice said, all right, general, let the wagon move on. I will see you again tonight. <laughs> and the bell witch was in full effect that night. She did not disappoint us. She was slapping Betsy. She was pulling the covers off the men and tearing down their tents while they were sleeping. And after the experiences they had there, there is a record of Andrew Jackson saying, um, By the Eternal, I saw nothing, but I heard enough to convince me that I'd rather fight the British than deal with this torment they call the Bell Witch. So, craziness. That's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean... I appreciate them scaring the shit out of Andrew Jackson. That's kind of funny. That is funny. Uh, it's kind of sad that he would rather go to war than deal with... Well, he was a horrible person. I know, but still, like, I just... It's crazy. Sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, on December 20th, 1820, John Bell did die. Um, but his death was a little suspicious because at the time, he, he was um, bed-bound. Mm-hmm. And he was being fed and everything. Like, he wasn't very strong. But he wasn't, like, to the point where they thought he was dying, you know? How old was he? Mm, 70-something. That's kind of old for that It is kind of old, but, I mean, he was still being taken care of. You know, he was still taking food and all that kind of stuff. And so they actually found a, like, a vial of medicine or a dark powder or liquid. I can't remember if it was a powder or liquid, but it was in a bottle on the nightstand that nobody else recognized. Mm -hmm. And they fed a little bit to the cat, and the cat like threw up and almost immediately died and so so nobody can place where who's that was from or where it came from and he couldn't have fed it to himself so somebody had to feed that to him to kill him do you think it was someone in the family i mean obviously i know that they think it was the bell witch but Mm -hmm. i personally think a lot of the the legend of the haunting sounds a lot more like um kind of what we saw with the rise of spiritualism, you know, all the fake psychics and, oh, there's a ghost, but really it's my other daughter hiding in the corner who comes out and does all these, like, like parlor trick kind of things. Yeah, she has a bunch of, like, pulleys and rigs and stuff set up to scare people. 18, 17 megaphones to (laughs) cover disembodied voice. I think that's a little bit late. I think that's just somebody choking in the other room and you can't see their body. It was actually me. It was just Amber. Amber was there. In 1817, she was the disembodied token. The vampire? I'm immortal. Time traveler. That too. I'm everything and nothing at the same time. Keep going. Uh, and in March 1821, Betsy did break off her engagement with um, Joshua Gardner, and the witch said she'd be back in seven years after that because her work at the time was done. And in seven years, she supposedly visited John Jr. and spoke to him again about the past and the present and the future and how there was a reason for his father's death and then she really didn't say much but that she would be back in 107 years which would be 1935 which there wasn't a ton of activity reported then but some say she never left because there's still like a very high activity on the property and in the cave okay 
So we're going to talk a little bit more about the actual um, cave itself and some of the things that have happened in there. Um, I've been on this cave. They do a little cave tour. I didn't know that it was, like, super haunted. I knew that it was, like, a little haunted. Like, I knew, like, the basic ghost story that I just told you. Okay. I didn't know all the other kind of stuff that they had found and everything. Um, there is a really good Ghost Adventures episode. They are actually, like, the first people to film a televised investigation in the Bell Witch Cave ever. Oh, yeah. And it's actually on Hulu right now. It's, like, season 10-something. Is it after the Sally House? It's either before or after the Sally House. I just know those two episodes are right next to each other. Okay, because I remember when we talked about this before, I was like, oh, I need to watch it. I think it was Sally House Bell Witch because I started watching the Sally House episode for our episode on Sally House, and Mm -hmm. the Bell Witch was right next, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't know they Mm -hmm. even went there. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, um, so some of the previous activity in the cave um they have found a lot of native american artifacts there and bodies and they have found um a actual like caskety kind of looking thing formed out of rock okay that is was in the cave so i can't remember was this like on ancient burial grounds or um ew, what the hell is that that right there that is the little no, I grave mean they found that. Oh, that's the drawing of I can't remember his name, but he supposedly wrapped up the the actual bell witch and tried to throw her in the fire. What? But as he gets walking closer to the fire, she became heavier and heavier, like lead, until he literally could not hold her anymore, and she escaped. But I can't remember his name. Why can't I think of it? They interview in the Ghosted Hunters, not Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures episode. They take his like great great grandson or something and bring oh. him to the cave too to try and get some activity spiked. Did it work? I mean, I think so. They got a lot of cool stuff on Wait, them. so is that, like, an actual person, or, like, he wrapped a thing over... It was an actual person, supposedly. Oh, but this okay. was back in, like, the 18-somethings. Like, like, it's an invisible person, and he threw a blanket no, over No, I think it, it was caught an, him. I don't know, actually. I haven't found a ton of stuff about that little story. Just a few drawings, and it's mentioned a couple of times, but... That's interesting. She escaped either way, because... She's a witch. She is a witch. Um, so the, uh, the cave is, uh, like a holy place to, um, some of the Native Americans around there. Mm -hmm. Um, they believed it was kind of like a passageway to the afterlife. So they have found a lot of, um, I think they found a few skeletal remains above the entrance of the cave. Mm -hmm. And because the cave is like, you go through (laughs) a little wooded area and then you like kind of come down near this creek and then there's the cave. And this cave... Um, they did, like, a scientific study to see how far this cave goes, and about 15 miles. Um, not all of it is, like, n- like able to be navigated okay. because it's, like, some very, very tight crawl spaces. And I believe the tour really didn't take you too far because there's kind of, like, this long hallway into it, and then there's, like, this big room. And then there's a little bit extra, but we mostly stayed in that bigger area. And there's a lot of pretty rock formations in there, and there also is this rock formation of... They call it the witch's face, and I've shown you that previously, but it's just, there's the witch's face, and I have a really awesome oh, yeah. picture of a rock formation I took there um, that looks super creepy, just like super creepy, and we'll post a picture of it. Yes. Uh, it's the only picture I have found from it, and I'm sure my parents have more pictures from it, but I just didn't, you know? Yeah. I didn't have a camera. <laughs> so, um, with this cave, you said it's like approximately 15 miles, and you said like just across, like... Or does it go down? 
It's like a, it's a cave, so you walk in. Okay. Do you, is any of that, like, as far as you know, like, man-made? Like, people just kept digging mm-hmm. as much as they could? No, this okay. is a natural cave. Ugh. And has anybody been to, like, the very end of it, or they uh, can't? They've done a lot of studies. I think that's just kind of where they've gone as far as they safely can navigate through mm-hmm. there, but there's just some passages where it's, like, takes a very skilled person, but then, yeah. you know, you also have, like, with those smaller spaces, like, if anything, like, if there's, like, a tiny little earthquake, someone could get trapped in there. You know what I mean? It's just not very safe to navigate Gosh. that far in, in that small of a space. They should use, like, one of those little flies, like, and get smart. And just have, it fly have the fly just go down there and, and be the ghost hunter. Yeah, to put a, strap a little camera on him. Well, I think like the little fly thing, it could like it was like a little camera, like it was yeah. a spy fly, mm-hmm. essentially. So we'll put an EMF detector on it. Get some of that going. It'll just be like this huge fly with, with like this huge utility like, little, belt. Little that's little all I think of. Yeah. <laughs> that's adorable. But um, there have been sightings and full of full-bodied apparition apparitions of a native american boy um in the uh cave and there's also been a sighting of a spirit walking to the center of the room and going through a mist Mm -hmm. and then not coming out the other side and so a lot of people do say there's a lot of portal energy and i know this is like mm, the fourth episode and i've done three portals but yeah it's fine portals are interesting like wormholes and portals they are i love it i think i have a case coming up here pretty soon where like a portal or something into like an alternate alternative dimension alternate the upside down no not quite but yeah we'll get into that a few episodes <laughs> later okay i don't know exactly where it's um up. and they've I, like experienced a lot of high emf they did um a lot there's like a lot of cold spots, hot spots, that kind of stuff, a lot of temperature fluctuations, which, I mean, it's also a cave. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that way. Um, and they've uh, gotten a few voices. There's one story that I found that I really thought was interesting. This woman, she told it in the 70s is when it was reported, but this would have been when she was a child in the 40s. Okay. She had ditched school for the day and was just going around exploring, and she had a lantern, and she was like, oh, I'm going to go into this cave. And as soon as she gets in there, There was no breeze, nothing. Her candle goes out. Her lantern goes out. And she relights it, and it goes out again. And so she got spooked and ran away. Well, come to find out the next day, they had captured two escaped murderers that were hiding in the bell cave. That's so she thinks it was the ghost trying to get her safe. Get her her to run away because there's two bad men staying in there. So the witch isn't bad. Not necessarily. Just don't take one of the rocks from the cave. Because that's my next point. Okay. Before you go on this tour, they very explicitly explain, do not take a rock. People have experienced bad luck, experienced car accidents, death, sudden illness, horrible events happen if you do that. And in their gift shop, when you go and walk through, there's a bunch of these letters of people who have sent back rocks. Like, my son took this rock. I didn't know he had it. His, uh, we got into a very, very bad car accident. Just take this away from me. And so, like, that that kind of stuff is crazy. And people will mail back rocks chronically. And I remember when I went, I was, like, 7th or 8th grade. And I was just paranoid that, like, the hem in my jeans was going to kick up enough dust and debris from the cave floor that I was going to be haunted because I didn't wash my, like, because my jeans had a little bits of rock dust on it. Yeah. But it's the Bell Witch Cave. Oh, wow. Yeah, I looked up. And it's one of the, like, I think it's one of the earliest American hauntings. 
Oh, really? I think it's one of the earlier, like, documented ones. Ooh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is my story today. Amber, are you ready to tell me a story? I'm ready to tell you a story. Tell me something good. Okay. So, as I said earlier, it is more of a scandal. Uh, one of the biggest scandals in the 90s, and it was known as the whack heard around the world. The whack. Oh, whack. <laughs> I think that's why I was making so many choking noises, because you did that. I just always do that. If there's a WH, I want to do that every time. Okay. You, you go ahead and you do that. So, with this scandal, it revolves around Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Um, if anybody hasn't heard of this, it's where uh, these two Olympic figure skaters were huge rivals and competing against each other. And right before they were going to go to championships, um, the figure skating championships, Nancy Kerrigan had gotten hit, like, right below her knee, I believe. I'll get into it. I already forgot. Um, to where she couldn't perform at that one. She was later to perform uh, later on that year because she quickly recovered. But there was a lot of speculation as to if it was her arch rival, Tanya Harding. So we're going to get into a little bit of the background of the two ice skaters. So Kerrigan was born in Stoneham, Massachusetts, October 13th, 1969. Uh, she was the youngest sibling of two older brothers, so she grew up in an ice, like, by the ice rink playing hockey. She was a little bit of a tomboy. But it was easy for her to transition to ice skating, and she was quickly sought after for her talent on the ice. She won her very first competition at the Boston Open when she was just nine years old, uh, followed by local and regional competitions. And she was kind of known as the darling of figure skating, and I think it was just because she held herself up with so much grace. She used manners. She she took really good care of herself. She didn't really, she had a really good upbringing as well, but she didn't come from wealth as a lot of people probably assume that she did. Like her father stated that he worked a lot of odd jobs to help pay for her, um, her aspirations. Um, and so her schedule was like really hectic. So she would go to, uh, practice at four in the morning before she went to high school. Four in the morning? Yeah. And then I don't know how late she stayed there before she went to school, maybe a few hours, and then she'd go to school. Oh my god, that's exhausting. Yeah. Um, she won several different kinds of medals. I don't think she ever won gold. I should have looked that up. I don't think she did, but she performed poorly during the 1993 World Games, where she placed 10th place, and she clearly, and I'll get into this later, she really beats herself up whenever she doesn't do as well. So, like, at this, she said, I just want to die. Um... When she placed 10th, and, so yeah, and she was die. in her early 20s, like, I, like, she was a good figure skater, and mm-hmm. she just didn't perform as well as she should have during that time. Um, so, after she won her daytime Emmy of being the most dramatic ice skater in the world, she was more determined than ever to make her parents proud and to show what an amazing skater she could be. Her dedication in waterworks, or hard work. I forgot I'd written that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, paid off when she won two major international competitions at the end of 93. Okay, so she did get a gold medal. Um, her manner and grace on the ice got her endorsements and sponsorships. And like I said, she was known as the darling of figure skating. So she just, she held herself up to a really high standard and everybody just loved her. Um, however, her arch rival was kind of the opposite. So, Tanya Harding was born November 12, 1970 in Portland, Oregon. She grew up with a with a much rougher childhood than 
uh, Kerrigan did. Her parents were divorced. She has a very, like, physically and psychologically abusive and manipulative behavior from her mother, or her mother exemplified that. And she began ice skating when she was just three years old. Um, and have you seen I, Tanya? No. It's yeah. on Hulu, and it's on my watch list. Yes. Because I love Car- Cardellavine. Isn't that who plays it? Who? Cardellavine. Didn't she play Tanya? No, that's Margot Robbie. Damn it, I get the two of them mixed up. They're both in Suicide Squad together, though. I know, that's why I get them both mixed I freaking up. I love that movie. Kara Delvin's also, like, one of my crushes. <laughs> one of my female crushes. Okay. Oh, and we have the same birthday. So, she's my birthday twin. You and Kara Delvin? Yeah, I think I'm one year older than she is, though. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I share a birthday with celebrities. I'm sure you probably do. Yeah, but it's none of any, like, importance to me. Like, I'm going to Google it, and it's going to be like, the Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) Okay, so she did have a trainer at the age of four. Um, While other girls had name brand dresses, hers were all homemade, so they were a little bit choppy. They weren't technically up to par for other ice skaters whose parents, um, or whose, like, the children came from wealth, so they were able to afford nice name brand clothing. Um, Oh, wow. Sorry, I looked it up. I know a lot of these people. (laughs) Yeah, goober. She eventually dropped out of high school during her sophomore year just to pursue her career in figure skating. Um, Tanya Harding is also most known for, besides this whole scandal, is being the first American woman to compete the, or to complete the triple axle in competition at the 1991 Figure Skating Championships. Um, so I've watched several videos on all of the different twists and turns and axles and loops and i share a birthday with cake boss buddy oh nice oh cake boss buddy just lost his hand i didn't know he lost it Mm -hmm. i heard that he like got really damaged in what bowling accident i don't remember what it was but i thought he had to get it amputated oh i didn't maybe i'm wrong i I just remember it like popped up on my like my people notifications and i was like oh my gosh that sucks Uh, but anyway so yeah i've read and watch a lot of videos on, like, the different twists and axles and turns and the LUTs and loops and everything. And uh, there's so much behind it. I don't really know what is what. But I think they just base it how you take off and how you land. Um, yeah, I everything don't know looks cool. I, I just know go figure. And that's it. <laughs> everything is so impressive to me. Like, it's just like, how do they do that? Like, I can roller skate pretty well. Like, I've, I've done a lot of time on roller skates. I can't do that Ice either. skates? No. Well, I played roller derby for a while. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. Um, but anyway, so her nailing this maneuver was a huge feat, especially for someone who came from such a poor background, beating out Kerrigan, and then doing so again a month later, winning silver over Kerrigan's bronze. She had done this move a few times. Um, I think it was stated three times in competition. Um, but performers, they have to like do so many different um like maneuvers mm-hmm. per competition yeah. in order to get a higher score um oh i thought that was my bag i was like what are you taking to my shit no it's my bag <laughs> um but yeah she was the first woman to land a triple axel with the double toe loop the double toe loop so that's just so fun to say it is. i think all their names are just like so like cutting edge just like we're gonna do a triple toe loop cutting edge yep wait have you seen that one I can't remember. Is that an ice skating movie? Yes. Maybe? C- the Cutting Edge. Oh, God, it's fantastic. No, I don't think I have. Oh. Uh, Topic. It's such a great movie. 
That's another 90s. Okay, we just need to, like, start writing down all the movies and stuff that we need to see together. Oh, my gosh. And you know how much I edited out? There was, like, just all of us just listing movies for, like, half an hour. Yeah. That's what we do. I don't think that's the right podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that on a different podcast. Maybe. We'll see. Okay, so I'm going to break down the rival between these two um, women here. Like I said, they're both really excellent um, ice skaters with completely different backgrounds. Um, so starting uh, February in 1991, that's when Tanya became the first U.S. woman to land the triple axel during a competition. She's crowned as the national champion. Um, in March of the same year, Hardy would also become the first U.S. woman to execute the triple axel at the 1991 International World Championships in Munich. In 92, Kerrigan places bronze during the 1992 Winter Olympics in France, and Harding would place fourth. And then January of 1994, yeah, January 6, 1994, a man later identified as Shane Stent had clubbed Kerrigan right about, or right above her right knee with a police baton. Uh. Okay, so I said below. It was a little bit above. And at least, at least it wasn't her actual knee. She didn't get capped. Yeah, and that was something that Tanya had said too. I'm sorry, Kerrigan had said was if it were on her knee, it would have shattered it. Mm-hmm. And if it were below it, it would have calcified the muscle. So she got really lucky where he had hit her. Oh, wow. Um, and although she recovered really quickly, she was unable to attend the U.S. National Figure Skating Championships that had taken place two days later. Um, and Tanya would actually place first. So January 11th of 94, the FBI launches an investigation on Harding's bodyguard. Uh, his name is Sean Eckert. And her husband, Jeff Galuli, after their claims of a tape of the two men discussing the hit with Stant. So Stant is just the, he's the hit man in this. The next day, Eckert confesses to the FBI, implicating Galuli, Stant, and Derek B. Smith, who is the getaway driver. Eckert and Smith are arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit second-degree assault. And later that week, Stant turns himself into the FBI and is charged with conspiring to assault Kerrigan. Um, in a report in 2013, he... It's revealed that the original plan was for him to slice her Achilles tendon. Uh, no, 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 no. I just think of House no, of no, Wax no, no, no. every time. No, 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 no. I'm just so, because it like rolls up and it makes me want to throw up. Oh, stop saying that. <laughs> that makes me want to throw up. Well, no. you say Achilles and I tend it and that's immediately what I think. I just think of, I just think of House of Wax when he like pops up from the thing and just slices Jared Padalecki's tendon. Oh, gross. But not ugh, rolling up. Okay. Gross. What would have happened? Okay, so Stan had said no at that point. He wasn't going to cut anybody, um, according to the report. So that's why he just used the police baton. Um, and it's actually a really good thing, or else she wouldn't have been able to perform at any time after that. Um, so, yeah, they just settled on injuring the person enough so she could not skate. According to Harding in 2014's The Price of Gold, ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary about the scandal, she was sleeping when she found out about the attack. She stated, my coach woke me up and told me I had practice later on. I was scared to death being out on the ice because nobody was caught. Oh, my gosh. But then, in a 2018 article um, from Syracuse.com, she states, I knew that something was up. She tells ABC in a preview video. She denies telling ex-husband Jeff Galili to orchestrate an attack on Kerrigan, but she says she knew he was planning something. I did hear them talking about stuff. Are they? Yeah, I think they were married. Because I know they divorced. They got divorced, I think, after all of this took place because he essentially, like, admitted 
or said that she was behind it. Oh. And he was also just, like, he was abusive with her. Um, So, honestly, he could have come up with it on his own and then just been like, yeah, she knew about it. Could have. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but this is, like, this, her stuff here is, like, yeah, I did hear them talking about stuff. Well, maybe we should take somebody out so we can make sure she gets on the team. And she says, what the hell are you talking about? I can skate, is what she recalled. Mm -hmm. So, like, she has two different stories there from 2014 and then 2018 where she says, I got the call from my coach. But then she says, I did hear something. So she's kind of implicating herself a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then January 19th of 94, Galuli turns himself into the FBI after an arrest warrant is issued. And Tanya still denies any involvement with the attack on Kerrigan. And then January 27th of 94, Galuli confesses to the FBI and implicates himself. Harding, Eckhart, Smith, and Stant. At a press conference in Portland, Harding admits that she failed to tell authorities about what she knew about the attack, but maintains that she did not have a role in it. She states, I had no part in the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am responsible, however, for failing to report things I learned about the assault when I returned home from nationals. She adds, despite my mistakes and rough edges, I have done nothing to violate the standards of excellence and sportsmanship that, or sportsmanship that are expected in an Olympic athlete. So that disregards her previous comments I mentioned earlier that take place in later articles is that oh everybody if you got a story and you're lying just you stick know, to one story stick to one story write it don't write it down yeah because that's evidence but like memorize it oh and I forgot to mention the how they had caught this guy too was that when he was you point at that yeah I was making sure you knew about yeah, it which I, I figured you did yeah I bought it when it was on clearance you can do then, a ladder stitch to fix that up yeah I know I need to I need to have somebody do it but I just like the sweater so it is a cute sweater Casey Lynn would know how to do that stitch I know I, I don't know if she has her thing back yet so I'm like I'll give it to her whenever I see her next I haven't seen her in so long um but yeah so after he had hit Kerrigan he like rushed out of there with the getaway driver and I think they crashed into, like, a nearby building, and that's how they were able to get him hmm. so quickly. And that's how they were able to find out that he was, he, and, like... Because he was a uh, bad getaway driver? Yeah, I don't know exactly what was going on. Maybe it was icy out, and they slipped and crashed. If icy out, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Just ice skating. Yikes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then in February of 94... Galuli testifies against Tanya Harding, so his wife. Um, a restaurant employee discovers Harding and Galuli's trash with some suspicious information regarding Kerrigan's whereabouts the day of the attack. Oh, so, no. I don't know if any of that is true, but they did state that they took, like, um, like a writing comparison of Tanya Harding's writing and then what they found in the trash, and they said that it matched. But I don't know if this person was um, digging through their particular trash to find something, or if like Harding and Galuli had gone to a restaurant and they mm-hmm. were writing out their attack plans on a napkin or whatever. Ugh. That was a little unclear. Man, why are you making schemes in a public place? Well, and Scheme I don't know if private. they were. I don't know if they were or if this employee was just really nosy. It oh, just said in the a restaurant employee. Like, I think maybe. Yeah. Um, later that February, Kerrigan recovers in time to skate at the 1994 Winter Olympics in Lillehammer. So this was just like a month later, maybe a month and That's a half. That's a really quick recovery. Yeah. And she would go on to win a silver. So Harding, who was granted a restart due to an issue with her shoelaces, would not place for a medal. And 
like that whole video of because she's skating well first she was almost late to mm-hmm. um her time to skate and apparently it was because she was having issues with her um her skate like the laces weren't working and she, like i said she was poor so she couldn't really afford to get new ones and, and plus you don't want to compete in new skates because they're not broken in I, yeah, that too. That's an ice princess, by the way. Oh, okay, gotcha. But she, um, it, like, in, in I, Tanya, the skates look really battered up, so I think that they were just really old, and they couldn't mm-hmm. get them. To, like, lace tight enough? Yeah. So, during competition, she's skating for a little bit, and then you can see her just break down. She skates over to the judges, and she, like, lifts her foot up in the air, and she's just, like, pointing at it, and she's like, I can't, it's, it's super dramatic. Like that? Kind of. But standing? Oh, she's standing on one, but then she, like, lifts it on the... She puts, like, lays it down on the counter. Yes. Just like that. But she's like, oh, man. And I, like, I feel really bad for her. And I think Margot Robbie, like, did such a fantastic job of, like, representing her. And so it made me just, like, really feel for Tanya in this moment. Because I'm like, oh, my gosh. Granted, you know, all of this... All of these allegations are going on, too. So I think she was just really... Not in a great place. And plus, this is probably the first time they've been in the same room since the accident. I think so, yeah. Which would so, be, like, hard enough. I and, mean, you know. I think Kerrigan probably went before her. Uh-huh. So she, you know, she did an outstanding job. job. And if Harding was behind it, you know, she wasn't expecting her to perform. Uh-huh. Or as well as she did. So, yeah, I think she placed eighth in this competition. So she didn't place high enough to earn a medal. Um, but yeah, you can find that video on YouTube or you can see like the, um, the dramatization of it. Yeah. And I, Tanya, which if I also saw like a side-by-side comparison, a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of Harding's competitions and it's pretty, pretty spot on, I will say. Um, so then let's see. Oh yeah. I will... I'm going to get off topic here for a little bit because I told you that Kerrigan placed silver. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a 16-year-old who performed at this competition. Her name was Oksana Bayul. Um, I believe she was from Russia. But she she placed gold. Like, she did such a fantastic job. And if you watch her, this video is on YouTube as well. She just this cute little girl. She did such an amazing job. Um, and I think I remember hearing the judges say, like, oh, she needs to do this one thing and um, before she does, like, ends the competition or she's not going to get as high scores mm-hmm. or something like this. I watched this a long time ago. And um, she performs something better than that move. Oh, wow. And so I think that's what helped, like, get her to gold. Mm-hmm. So Give her a competitive edge. Yeah. And like I said, she's 16 years old. She had previously lost her parents a few years before. Um, I don't really recall what of um I didn't look into that but um Kerrigan kind of becomes notoriously known for being just a really kind of a bratty person on media like a sore loser yeah so like you could see because if you ain't first you're last yeah um but like she I, I forgot who she was speaking to but she's like okay, where is she at? Why is she late? And then someone's like, oh, she's putting her makeup on. And she's like, why is she putting makeup on? She's going to come out here and cry anyway. Like, she's just, she has a really bad attitude. Because this was after they, um, they were announced their scores. So mm-hmm. she knew that she was getting silver. It was just before oh, so now she was, uh, so she was just being a sore loser. Yeah. And, and like, and it's like, I don't know if she was just 
simply impatient. But yeah, that's like the first instance I have of Kerrigan just having a really bad bratty attitude and it's recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, I have another one and I'll get into that. Oh, actually right now. So it was March 4th of 94. Um, a new segment ran of Kerrigan at Disneyland where she was recorded saying, this is so corny. This is so dumb. I hate it. This is the most corny thing I've ever done. She's in a parade float with Mickey Mouse and she like Uh whispers it into his ear or something. And it's recorded on television where she's like just kind of bashing being there. Um, And so when people had asked her what was going on, she stated it was because her mother told her to, like, go up there with her silver medal. And she was saying that, how corny it was and everything. And, like, yeah, it is a little bit corny, but you're... It's Disneyland. It's for children. Yeah, and it stated that they paid her $2 million to make that $2 million to go sit on a float with Mickey Mouse at Disneyland? Yeah, so it's just, like... That is... Like I said, she received a, a lot of endorsements. Oh, my God. She is a brat. Yeah. So that just, like, that was really upsetting because a lot of people look up to you for being such a well-known ice skater, for right. overcoming and this traumatic incident. like, look up to ice, like, figure skaters. I still look up to ice skaters and figure skaters because they're, they're like swans on the ice. They're so beautiful. See, and I, was a, I was a ballet girl, not necessarily an ice skating girl, but I get it. Yeah. I would love to, if I weren't so old... I'm not old, but, like, if I were younger, I would have really loved to pursue something like that because it's just, they're so majestic. I loved doing ballet. Yeah. I did it for, like, ever. Okay, so later that March, after both of those really bad media incidences with Kerrigan, um, Harding pleads guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution. She is placed on a three-year probation in order to serve 500 hours of community service and pay a $160,000 fine. Um, Harding is also forced to withdraw from the 1994 World Figure Skating Championships in Japan, which she previously qualified for. And then two months later, Smith and Stamp plead guilty and are sentenced to 18 months. Um, so yeah, that was, I think, the getaway driver and then the, um, the hitman. June 30th of 1994, Harding is stripped of her 1994 National Figure Skating title and banned for life from the U.S. Figure Skating Association, which also forbids her from being a coach in any capacity under the figure skating. Like, she couldn't have, like, her own little gym kind of thing? I'm sure she could, but if anybody were... They wouldn't be able to compete in any of the big figure skating Yeah, she can't be a coach for any little girl that is wanting to compete in the figure skating, like, Olympics or anything. Oh, okay. I don't think, yeah. So just anything under the U.S. FSA. Oh, she's just going to have to teach, like, four-year-olds how to skate. Yeah, like, I think, like, her coach, because her coach discovered her at an ice rink at the mall. Mm-hmm. So I think she could probably do something like that, but she can't do anything she on a professional level. She couldn't take her trainees to any, like, sanctioned tournament. No. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, which really sucks because, like I said, Harding was the first American woman to Ooh. perform this outstanding maneuver, but... Because of it, she lost that title. And on Wikipedia, if you look to see who won during those championships, the gold medal status, it says no winner available. But then there's, like, a hyperlink, and it says it's because of this whole scandal. So that really sucks. Oh, and they also don't move, like, the silver to the gold and the bronze to the silver. Which I'm, makes sense. Yeah, because you're not just going to reward those people later on right. for a job that they didn't perform as well in. Um, and then let's see. In February of 98, Fox airs the first ever face-to-face interview between Harding and Kerrigan uh, since the scandal. Um, 
obviously they saw each other in competition, but this is the first one where they're actually face-to-face with an interviewer in the room, and it's called On Breaking the Ice. Harding says, Nancy, I want to apologize again for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I say that from the bottom of my heart. I really do. She goes on to say that she would have prevented it in any way that she possibly could have, and that she just seems very genuine about everything that happened to Kerrigan, and then... I did not want to be a part of this. I got drugged into it kind of a thing. I'm I don't like, know if she said that. And honestly, the video, it that one's also on YouTube, but the audio is so terrible. I couldn't really hear anything. And Kerrigan is, she's the one that's mostly muffled out. But I think because Harding has kind of like a higher pitch voice, it's a little bit easier to understand her. But the background feedback is so terrible. Oh, you mean like our episodes we recorded yeah, that we had to delete? Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that can be found on YouTube. Um but in an interview in 2017, so this, the Breaking Ice was in 98. In 2017, um, Kerrigan states that she had never received a direct apology from her, even though it's recorded on camera, face to face. Oh, I've my seen the footage. God. It may not be the apology that she had wanted. Well, but what does she want? Like, here's a baton, hit me back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she wants to be like, look, I'm so, so sorry. Look, like, girl. I was behind it. Maybe she was wanting, like, some sort of. Like, admission of guilt. Yeah. But she still, like, can't compete. So that's, like, one of her biggest competitors out of the competition for forever. Yeah. And, like, Kerrigan can skate. She's a great skater. She won silver in that championship. Mm-hmm. So and she, and she did much before. better. Yeah. She did much better than Tanya did. So, like, and the fact that she did apologize to her, yeah, years later, it might not be the apology that she wanted, but at least she's trying to get some sort of she's forgiveness. Trying to, yeah, she's trying, she's to. trying to make, like, she's extending an olive branch and yeah but so nancy uh yeah nancy stated i think she may think she has but i mean she has said things i'm sorry that happened to her but strangers said that to me it's not really owning up to her part in any way to me directly so yeah it's like her not necessarily admitting to any particular part of the scandal and maybe that's just what she's looking for man harding would later i'm sorry nancy kerrigan retired from figure skating in 94 which is the, the same, same year, year that everything had happened um and then in march of 2002 harding starts her two-year professional boxing career um it doesn't last for very long obviously um she only had three wins and three losses so i don't think it was necessarily something that she was, was wanted like, to pursue i don't know how often they did it well no what kind of was it just like normal boxing i don't think i don't know it wasn't like mma no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't really know. I didn't do a whole lot of information to that because figure skating is way more interesting than, to me than boxing is. I See, I like boxing too. Yeah, throughout the years, there are a lot of things said between both women. A lot of Tanya saying, I wish her the best, that she wants to give her a hug, and that she, um, I think she really wants to kind of get that, that stress off her back off her shoulders of like Nancy hating her mm-hmm. for everything and a lot of Nancy is saying that she just doesn't care anymore um like I said she retired in 1994 and she's helped with some choreography for Disney on Ice um she was on Dancing with the Stars she created a um a documentary or she's working on a documentary say like stated why don't I lose five pounds which focuses on eating disorders with athletes and something she admits she suffered from after the attack and Harding, who I uh, haven't really heard a lot about Harding. A lot of these were based off 2017 articles. Um, but, yeah, she's just living in Washington State with her husband and son. Uh, her new husband and her son. Um, 
and she helped with the creation of Itania. But other than that, haven't heard a whole lot about what they're up to now. I get it. Trying to lay low. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't have anything else. But, and it's kind of like, it's over now. Nobody's yeah. Nobody's really talking about it. Like, I had no idea there was a scandal until you told me about it. Yeah, and I think Kerrigan is kind of living off of, um, like, endorsements and corporate appearances and skating shows and stuff. Huh. Um, she was in Blaze of Glory. She was? <laughs> yeah, she was. She, it was just, like, a cameo. Wh- I actually haven't seen it all the way. I've seen, like, I have that one. some of the dances, like, the actual skating performances from that movie, but I haven't seen, like, anything else. And I think that's what I love about, like, and I think that was a Happy Gil- or a Happy Madison production. Really? Yeah, I think Adam Sandler was behind this one. He w- He's not in it, mm-hmm. but an Amy Poehler's in it. Oh, she is? So is Jenna Fisher. Oh, what? How have I not seen this movie? I don't know. I don't know, girl. It's so, it's freaking good. Nick Swartzen's in it. I don't know who that is. You know him when you see him. He's in a lot of the Happy Madison productions. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's the scandal. I don't take any particular side. I think I was always impartial to Kerrigan because she was the one that had gotten attacked. But then when I saw Itania, it was like, you know what? She had a really bad childhood. Um, I mean, that's no excuse Mm -hmm. if she is behind it. But I think there's just so many... um, allegations and rumors a lot of the stuff I feel like can't really be backed up and I don't know I just I feel really bad for both women because yeah Kerrigan got attacked and Harding was exiled from something that she excelled at and that Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate so consequences for your actions there are those yeah sometimes if she did have a big part in this yes Mm -hmm. but I like I said I'm not making any sort of stuff I'm just reading stuff from the internet the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Hashtag don't sue Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Every time. I'm very sorry for my dog that is freaking out in the background. He will get over it. Yeah, he will. This has been the fourth episode. The fourth redo episode. Not the fourth redo. This is the fourth episode. The second redo. The, the first the redo. first redo. We had to redo another one after this. You can follow us on Instagram at Creepy Coffee House Podcast, on Twitter at Creepy Coffee House. And I realize I never specified that the house part is HSE on in, on uh, Twitter, but that's because it wouldn't let us use enough characters. But oh. there are links, our handles are in the descriptions of the episode. You can email us your suggestions on stories or coffee or obviously we talk a lot about movies and tv shows throw those out there mm-hmm. um uh to gmail our gmail address which is creepycoffeehouse at gmail.com uh please follow review subscribe like rate five stars if you give us five stars on itunes we'll give you a shout out as long as it's nice no yeah. mean stuff please no yeah. uh we really enjoy doing this so tell us what you want to hear because we don't mind talking about these kinds of things. If you want more structure, less structure, yeah, give want... us all the feedback. Constructive feedback. Don't just be mean. Yeah, don't be mean. We're just two people that like really enjoy talking, um, especially about stuff that interests us. So, so we're just chatting as friends. But if you want to do, you want to hear something better, something different, just let us know. Hit us up. Slide into the DM. Send us an email. And we hope to see you next time at the Creepy Coffee House. Later.